Are we live? Shit. <laughs> um, yes, we're now live. I'm introducing the podcast, and guys, bear with us because <laughs> there's quite a lot of lag between all three of us. We have me in the UK, we have Mark over in Scotland, which isn't too bad, and we have Andrea all the way in the States, and we have quite a lot of lag between our connection that I'm dealing with at the moment. So if any of us are kind of just sitting here and you're listening to this or you're seeing us with like faces not sure what's going on we're we're kind of don't want to entertaining nonetheless and i'm really to introduce that we've got andrea valdez from 3dmj with us um first of all introduce myself i'm steve hall from revive stronger um hope you've visited my before and i've got fellow coach mark with me as well we're an online personal training provider um, help a variety of populations and very similar uh, populations to CDMJ deal with as well. So first of all, I want to introduce Andrea. So Andrea is a figure competitor, powerlifter, and a natural bodybuilding coach. So she has only actually, well, she's been with 3DMJ for quite a while now. Um, I think it must be over a year now uh, yeah. she's been and she has a lot of solid coaching and coaching gym from a young age. I've been listening to their podcast recently and learning kind of a ton of great things about Andrew's history, her own coaching ability and why she's a great speaker on that podcast. Uh, so she has a big back future, co-authored the Muscle and Strength Pyramids, which are a fantastic resource for anyone uh, who's interested. If you're listening to this podcast, you should probably go and buy that book. Uh, those ebook by uh, Andy, fantastic, fantastic resource. And Andrea is currently doing grid and just a bunch of great stuff through 3DMJ. So, Andrea, I probably skipped a ton of stuff um, that's very important to you. I think that was great. That made me feel really proud and stuff. <laughs> that was really nice. Thank you. That pretty much sums it up, the important stuff. Yeah. I also contacted as ago when we first talked to each other. Uh, I'd not been in the industry that long. I'd been doing a bit of YouTube, all of these things. And I came across Andrea through Matt uh, on YouTube back in the day. And I was watching quite a lot of Andrea's stuff. And I contacted her to try and review my ebook a long time ago, Get Big Stay Lean. And she did more than I could have hoped and shared it and reviewed it and I can't thank you enough Andrea because it's people like you in this industry that allow people who are up and coming to grow and help other people and I feel like I have to I can't thank you enough for that so to be here talking to you today is amazing to me and to have met you at the 3DMJ conference was fantastic as well so I'm very very happy to have you on the show and introduce the topic today it's going to be related to that shredded by science conference where we talk of the physique which is a really interesting subject that i don't think gets talked about probably as much as it should but i think it is more and more especially with the 3dmj muscle 3dmj uh, and first of all the topic which is the importance of the coach and client relationship which i think known about more so that to coaching 
And I know Andy really, really big on this. And I know 3DMJ are because Eric even named this as his number one kind of coaching quality was that relationship, the solid skills. So if we initially talk about Andrea, how kind of you have weekly updates with your bodybuilding clients, how do those skills do you use in those elements and how do you build that coaching client relationship, even from maybe the beginning with your application form, with your initial maybe consultation that you have with them? Okay, cool. Well, first off, thank you um, so much for the, the intro and all that. Um, be, I think one of the first things that I want to say to all the listeners or whatever is that it was like three years ago, the first time we had contact, and you thinking me as someone who's above you is so weird to me because um, I feel like we kind of came up together. So, I, of course, I would, I'm happy to help in any way that I can. So, of course. Um, and then secondly, as far as building a coach-client relationship, um, I would argue that you, no matter how much um, – formal education in the sciences that you have that doesn't actually matter if you can't apply it to a human. You can't make, you you know, no matter how much you think you know, you can't make an imaginary body do what it's supposed to do based on math. Like you have to have this person implement these strategies, right? So the, the coach-client relationship is very important in that I have to recognize initially that I am asking someone to do something and that someone has a brain and if their brain isn't on board, then we can't create the body that they would like. So of course that's very important. And um, to establish that right off the bat, universally um, with 3DMJ, like you lightly mentioned, we do weekly check-ins. So because we believe it's a whole human, we have a pretty thorough uh, weekly reporting process that we request of our clients. So week after week, we have a number of things that we ask for, especially if they're in contest prep. So they have to give us uh, their spreadsheet, which we've created and adopted together. So that includes their training. Um, depending on how advanced the athlete is or their needs and goals, that might just be, okay, the number of reps and sets, that might just be a check the box, or that might be um, reps, sets, plus the box check, plus total volume, plus RPE, first set and last set. Like it, it kind of depends on what you've agreed upon. Um, but definitely we have a training report of some sort. Um, we also have within that spreadsheet, their nutritional evaluation. So tell me how much you've eaten. Macros, usually for us, if they're in prep, plus or minus five grams, that auto populates the calories. Um, and then there's obviously places for notes if there's anything particularly important or that they want to kind of throw in there. But that's just text-wise, right? Um, it's attached to an email that also has pictures of their physique or a video. And depending on how far along they're in prep, that might just be front and back might be the quarter turns, or if they're really approaching a show and they're a bodybuilding athlete, that might be all the mandatory poses. And then on top of that, I would argue to say is one of the most important parts is we ask for a weekly summary that's pretty open-ended because that can always be different. It's either the form of a textual email, a few sentences, a couple paragraphs, or a video. And for most of them, just because to keep efficiency going, we ask somewhere but no longer than 10 minutes usually. Um, granted, we've had 30 second, hey, everything's cool, see you next week. We've also, you know, yep. personally, I've had like a 20 minute, holy shit, this week, just all this stuff happened and I just need to get it out. So we have very thorough uh, processes to make sure that we're dealing with the entire human. And so to, I guess, initiate that is where we differ a little bit. So that's across the board with 3DMJ. Um, and then obviously within us, there's, I guess the the small nuances on how we like to establish that relationship because 
us as coaches are five different people too. So me being one, the newer online coach of everyone, right? Like I've, like you kind of mentioned, I've been coaching athletes since I was about 16. Um, so like a dec oh, a decade and a half now, but online, uh, maybe a, a lot, not as long as the other guys. And so that in, in the fact that I just really like being overly confident, um, I personally Skype with all my athletes before I start them on weekly. Um, the guys don't always feel like they have to do that, but sometimes they do. Um, if they're a recurring athlete, not necessarily, but personally, um, once we kind of do the email introduction, establish the first, this is what to expect. And then I'm like, okay, but before we do any of this, let's talk. And we'll spend anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, hour and a half, just establishing the entire thing. Um, up front as best we can. So it's not so weird the first check-in I can already kind of, they already know kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah. That was long, sorry. That's <laughs> really good because I, I think that's, I think that's really important to have the, uh, for me personally, I'm very similar to yourself. I've not been coaching as long as those guys are online. But I think both me and Mark find it in that initial Skype consult. So mm -hmm. you can just action another and so that, they can understand your expectations. You can understand their expectations, and kind of get a, a kind of idea for what type of person they are. And then I don't know if you're like this, Mark, but with our weekly video updates, I feel more comfortable really when they give me more information and share more things about themselves um, rather than less, because otherwise I'm just okay. Sometimes I get people just being like, "Yeah, everything's fine." Um, which is fine, but sometimes I like more. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Same here. It's it's weird when you kind of almost don't feel like you're coaching someone if all they're ever saying is everything's fine week on week. It's like 30 seconds check-in, good to go, no problems at all. Mm -hmm. like, kind of need a little bit of feedback or information to then be able to coach. So you, you really need that. Um, Right. That's and it. what I, something, I agree. Uh, something that I also like to do too is if there are some people that just aren't as comfortable divulging all that. So even though a lot of people, I could just have that one big Skype call and then week to week's fine. There are some people where if I've had five or six weeks of like the real quick, you can tell they're still kind of shy. And I'm like, okay, well we need another Skype call. Mm -hmm. Um, just for me, not even for them, just because I want to be able to in real time pull things out of them that I want. And that might be 10 minutes, might be 30 minutes, but I just need to know that I have what I need. Um, and that can be anything from how are you really feeling, how's life, da da da, to are we still on board, how is everything, to um, God, just are you comfortable in this relationship still? Like what I need, I guess, could be it's different for every athlete. But it's hard to explain. I just know when um, – and this is with like friends and family too. Like I just know when there's a person that I don't feel like is um, giving me everything that, that I feel like. If I haven't talked to a friend in a long time, I'm like maybe I should call them instead of just texting kind of thing. Do you know what? I, I'm a bit like that myself in, in terms of – I. Even up with the weekly check-ins, sometimes I find myself just dropping an email or a video just to make sure you know everything okay. Or um, yeah, I haven't heard from you for a few days. Uh, I like to just get kind of reconfirmation that 
the guys are still on board, still happy with the process and still happy with the coaching. Um, just always looking to make sure that they're constantly happy all the time. So I like to get yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, sometimes when there is someone who's like really introverted or actually shy, they might actually like they want that. They just kind of don't want to bother you. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that are like, sorry to bother you, but and it's like, you're not bothering me like this. This is helpful. Um, and there's that good balance, right? It's like, obviously, yeah. when we have a roster of athletes, you can't be pounding us daily. But um, I, the relationship is important in the fact that they have to be comfortable enough to tell me when shit does go weird, you know, or when things are wrong or when they're not feeling good. Um, so sometimes, although they want to hear from you, they just kind of don't want to bother you and they're a little bit scared. So. That's our job as the authority figure in that situation, I think. Do you have kind of a structure in place with that as well? Because I found when I initially started coaching people, I didn't have such a clear structure in place. And then actually introducing it, like, done by this time on this day, the video needs to be live for me. I'll get back to you via email within 48 hours rather than contacting me all over the place. When I did that, it actually helped me and helped them because I was be more on top of things on top of each client. And it seems like a restraint. But do you guys have the same sort of systems and up kind of being pulled all over the place? Yes. So before um, this is another universal 3DMJ thing is we do have like a enormously long email <laughs> and I like to send it to them before we have our introductory Skype call so that they can read over it. And if there's questions, let me know when we talk. But it's, uh, I guess if it was a Word doc, it's two or three pages of like the, a full-on outline. Like, this is what you can expect from a prep. This is what we expect from you in weekly check-ins. Um, and even though it's a really long document that's kind of like, this is how 3D does things, throughout that, we've all kind of tweaked it on our own to say, like, mine is, like, I work at night. And so they know um, most of the time, like, I ask for check-ins at a certain time, and they can hear from me about this, this certain time. Um, they know the days that I work. They know um, what else would be like weird for them to know. But they they're pretty clear on the processes, and they also kind of even then when they first sign up know like okay week of show you do have extra access to me via either Facebook Messenger or text. Mm -hmm. So there are times where we make ourselves more available to them when it really matters. But because the whole physique changing process yeah. compared to other sports is so relatively slow. Like, uh, there's rarely an emergency that between the weekly check-ins they would need to contact me. Now, don't get me wrong. There have been, like, in our history, okay, I ate two jars of peanut butter and three pizzas. I, I'm freaking out. I'm supposed to compete next weekend. Like, that's a little different. But in general, you know, if you no, there's nothing that's going to be – or an injury maybe. But usually the weekly check-ins are close enough to where if anything needs to be changed – uh, it takes a week for us to even know anyways, whether something, you know, worked or isn't working. Yeah. So that everyone tends to be pretty happy with that process. And, um, mm -hmm. and like me personally, they, the actual um, rostered athletes have priority as far as they know when to expect their weekly check-ins. But if they need to be in between then, I'll usually get to them within 24 hours. If it's like a Skype call or an off-season athlete, they might have to wait a little longer, but they, they kind of know the drill too. Uh, I think that's important because not every kind of management and your own stress levels from responding 
but also for them so that when they do message you, they're not just constantly thinking, am I going to get a reply? Am I going to get a reply? They know, oh, Andrew is maybe at the gym at this time. She gets home at this time. I'm going to get her then, which I need to probably be a bit more clear with some of my guys, um, but I, the need for that completely. Do you ever get kind of the difficult clients who maybe it's, for example, like a female who perpetually wants to lose weight and doesn't really understand why do you ever get kind of the clients that want to do something and you almost have to protect them from their own actions? I think the video check-ins and the initial Skype are really good for building a relationship so they trust you. But do you ever get people who are just like, they almost are almost uncontrollable and how do you deal with that sort of person? Yeah, there's definitely those people. <laughs> um, you know, and I've been that person. Like, um, was to protect me from myself. So with Alberto, that was a huge deal for me. Um, and with me and with most people that seek out 3DMJ, it's like, we're decently educated. Because we like to think that people that even approach us kind of know a little something, you know? So we're decently educated. We have good intentions but it's scary to do to yourself, right? You don't want to mess anything up. And so I think a lot of it is, yes, trust is there, but um, education for the most part. When you have someone that's like, they kind of know they need to do this thing, but they're having a hard time. And it, it is just, oh, if there's so much comfort in them just handing the reins over to someone that they trust. And we can usually get by with it, with um, one, the trust, and two, the, the education process. So that might be just as simple as in a weekly check-in, when I say education, it might just be me being like, hey, we're doing this, and this is why, and it's going to set us up for this, and the benefits are this, and we're not doing it this other way, because if we did it that way, it wouldn't be as beneficial for these things. Like, that might be all the quote-unquote education it needs, but sometimes, too, if I know that they're... Um, a very either nitpicky person or hard to convince. Not that they're bullheaded, but like they just, I know that they are very into the science and it affects them a lot and they want to do everything really optimally, you know? Um, I have, luckily, 3DMJ has a huge, huge library of content that I can always pull from. Um, so, or allow a McDonald article or your article. I've actually sent to a couple clients on body composition um, using the scale for body composition management. Yeah. So it's, and that's just really recently, but it's like, I always kind of, when I come across a good piece of content, I, I don't even like formally do it. I just like can always recall it when I'm like, oh, this would be useful for this person. Not to shoot it in their weekly check-in. Like, hey, check out this video, by the way, that I did in 2014 or that Jeff did last year or, you know what I mean? Or a recovery diet video is, has been a great resource uh, for anyone competing this year since we actually finally sat down and made the 30 minute video. Um, when they're about a month out from the end of season, I can just shoot that their way and be like, hey, this is what we're going to expect when we're done, just so you know. Um, and that way, if you send it to them early enough, they're sane, they can absorb it. Because if they don't watch it till the day after their show, it's not as easy. <laughs> so timing is important, <laughs> right, with managing expectations. But um, So education, I think, is the best way to deal with um, people who have some fears, right? Because they can't, if you give them enough resources, they can't really argue it. Granted, there's anomalies, but they usually are, pretty good to go after that. Now, on the flip side of that, there are some people that aren't like kind of scared, but smart like that are legit terrified. Like you can tell this will emotionally crush this person, in which case that's kind of my call when I'm feeding off of them in, in their Skype or whatever. It's like, okay, this person 
has these issues, um, they're, they, if they gained at a rate quicker than like a pound a month, they're going to kind of lose their shit. And so in that case, it's like we're looking at the career and longevity of a human and that always comes first. So if they need time to settle into this, um, then maybe it's not the most optimal thing to have them gain so slowly, like uh, as far as physically, they might get to their gaining phase quicker if I made them gain faster. But I kind of risk them quitting or saying this isn't for me. Um, and maybe they go elsewhere or are left to their own devices and are forever in this like vicious cycle. So it's like if we do it slower and guided, and every week I can reassure them that we're going to keep it slow. I can reassure them, all right, in one week, we can't do that much damage. If you gain more than a quarter pound this week, which they're probably not actually gaining, it's probably just, if their scale shows that, then we can, you know, it might be something that's easy, like, all right, we can take away 10 grams of carbs, which again, grand scheme might not do much, but if it'll make them feel better, and if we're looking at the career, then that's where the priorities have to shift. And that's those skills that you just can't teach, right? And so that's why this is so important is just because the science says this is the best way, the recovery diet is our now go-to, some people can't handle that, and it'll leave them worse off. So we just kind of have to, and that's the beauty of knowing somebody, right, knowing how they'll react to things. Yeah. It's actually one of the one I think of the, that's very much. Go ahead. Sorry, Steve. Yeah, it was one of the points that, that I'd like to bring up about uh, managing client expectations and so you, you said that right off the bat, there's this Word document that clients get to read through before they sign up and they understand the process, they understand what to expect from you, what you should expect from the client. Mm -hmm. Is there the same kind of thing where you set out something to manage their expectations right from the start? As in, you know, they're going to go through a contest prep this is what they should expect at certain stages of prep or what it might feel like leading up to the show. Is that something you do right from the start or do you start implementing that along the way? I think you, yeah, usually that's something I want to say along the way, because I hope that this is my hope, which I've actually found out isn't, it's like a 90% or it's not actually all the time, but I hope that if they've come to us, that they've consumed some of our content at some point. They are a fan of the sport, you know, um, that they kind of understand or have followed either someone on YouTube, someone on Instagram, someone at their local gym who has done this before. They know some other human, either virtually or in person, that understands that it's hard work. It takes some grind, you know? And usually I, I give them that benefit that I'm like, okay, they know this is gonna be really difficult at some point. Now, if we're halfway through and they've only lost, again, like half the weight they need to lose and they start getting bingy or start saying, losing their, their shit a little bit, then that's when that conversation will re-come up like, hey, we're, we're not even there yet. Yeah. Um, so either we need to, we can slow down, maybe do a diet break, restart this, try again. And if we're <laughs> still having this many issues, it's like, okay, now is this really something that you still want to continue with? And so I feel like there's kind of these benchmarks along the way. and. Again, I, I hope that they come on knowing that this is a pretty aggressive thing. Um, because our Word document, our expectations are are pretty uh, detailed, it's like if they if they can adhere to that week after week, they've already made some kind of commitment. So again, I'm still assuming that they're the type of person that can follow this through. 
until they show me otherwise is kind of when the conversations come up over time. Personally, that's how I deal with it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to actually have that as well because even if you do tell them from the start, they will forget and they won't really think to it. Whereas if you can refer to it, maybe it, you're going to feel a bit like this. Um, or like, okay, in your diet break, you're going to maybe put on a bit of weight because you're eating more carbs, more glycogen, water will come. But if you tell them that at the start and then they're doing it, they may forget. And then that's why I guess the weekly updates are really important because you do get an understanding. And just like you said, with the the recovery diet, which is a fantastic, fantastic resource on the YouTube and didn't just make it kind of in the ebook or something because it's priceless and it's so valuable to so many people because from the reverse diet and that whole, but there are some people that might want to do a less aggressive approach and do maybe a, more of a slower properly contact the understanding between the client and the coach they're never going to get there so they're either going to pick one or the other and neither might suit them and then they're just going to get stressed out whereas if you have standing you can be like okay we can go a bit slower um, and as long as they have the understanding of what that means they might feel a little bit worse for a bit longer kind of physically but mentally that might keep them on point um, so i think that's really important introduce the next kind of topic won't you so go after that hello yep we're here i uh, did that it might have cut out i was going to get you to introduce the next topic okay yeah so we um is, is, is this coming across okay? Yeah, yeah, you're can, good. Can everyone hear me? Good. Okay, cool. So, yeah, does that does that kind of just lead into how you keep clients uh, process orientated? Uh, oh, process orientated as opposed to like the end goal. Yeah. So, like, if you've your your athletes kind of want to be like stage lean now rather than <laughs> like taking the time to go through the process and join the process and committing to the process rather than wanting it, kind of wanting it all now, that short-term kind of mindset mentality. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty similar in, you know, in anything, right? So like you said, someone who wants to like diet now or it's the exact same as someone who wants to be jacked yesterday who's like a small dude, you know, right now. You have to start, yeah. So yeah. I think education, like considering that we're talking about psychology versus the science, but the the science luckily can back up the fact that it's like this shit takes time to do it right you know um sure there are genetic freaks and that's great but that's not most of us and in fact i can give you statistics on how very few people it is you know so education as a coach no you don't need to know everything but and i i know y'all probably wanted to talk about this later but when when i'm thinking of like how i educate myself i don't continually seek information out of the blue just because I want to learn more it's um because I'm actively coaching I know what I need to know now so if I do have a client that is saying like that wants to lose quicker 
I can remind them, okay, this is why, blah, 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 blah. And if they'll say, well, but this study says, da, 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 I'm like, okay, well, let me go find three really good other resources that say it this different way that might speak better to this person. And now I have a reminder on why fat loss must be slow. You know, I have better resources in my bank, and now I'm hope I'm helping this person to understand why we're doing it this way. And again, I'm fortunate enough to where I literally maybe one or two times have come to a point where I'm like, look, because you really aren't getting it, I've done everything I can, you can schedule um, a Skype and we can maybe go over it more, or this just isn't for you and you're not ready to hear what I'm trying to tell you, but I'm not making this up. Here are all these other professionals that agree, you know. But it really hasn't gotten to that point because, again, we're, um, I think coaches forget or that this free content, like you guys making this podcast, you guys having great information on your website, it's like that free content that you create establishes credibility. And it's e like if I was some person that nobody knew, it'd be harder for me to tell someone, yeah, but all these people said so or because we think so. Like, luckily, we're in such a great, strong team that I'm like, Helms, tell me how to talk to this person. You know what I mean? Like, um, or, you know, any smart individual, I think um, there's, there's someone out there for everyone that someone wants to listen to. And if this person is really pigheaded and science isn't their thing, maybe I'll go find some psychology articles, you know? Um, but it's, that's how I learn is what's going to help me to do this task. And it's like a side effect of it, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I, it still goes back to education, I think, and it is my job to figure out if I'm not wording it right. Maybe this one article is the perfect answer for them, but it's very nuanced and scientific. So how do I kind of take it back a couple notches to deliver the message or pull out highlighted parts for them or something? Um, and I think also just kind of reminding them of why they're doing what they're doing. If, if it is like, I'm not losing weight fast enough, it's like, well, if I've already proven to you that this is the best way um, to do it to get on stage in the most best package we can bring, then, and you're still not satisfied, it's okay. So why do you need to be lean now? Is this a self-worth issue? Is this a you know false ideal you've cooked up in your head because so-and-so famous person is already lean? Is this because your best friend is doing prep at the same time as you and you want to beat them? Like, why is this? And then it's like, again, not even about the science anymore. It's like looking inward with this person. Um, so I'd say first education, second, um, their motivations, and kind of that's our job to dig deeper as to, okay, maybe this isn't about the physique necessarily or the stage necessarily. Now it's about something else. Um, and we can't, at some point, like we have to be like, this is uh, for a different type of professional, not a bodybuilding coach. And we have to know what's outside of our scope of progress. Or, I'm sorry, our scope of practice. Uh, absolutely. I think that's so interesting. Yeah. Thanks. That was long-winded again. Sorry, I do that. It was awesome. Yeah, I think <laughs> it was good. It was really, really good. And I think what we banged on about here with that client and coach relationship a lot is the education side behind coaching. Because I think although we are co part of it is we do educate that client at the same time. Because mm -hmm. to think people, oh, I've heard horror stories, people going through prep, kind of, they just get told what to do. They don't actually get told why to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's terrible. I don't think you can actually that way because if you don't, I think mean, the, the chances that you're going to stray from it, are just, if my doctor told me to take a tablet and it was, and he didn't tell me why or like the benefits to it and he just said, take it, heal everything. 
why am I a bad example? I'd probably take it, but I'd want to know like what could this potential side effects be? Like, why do I have to take this? Why aren't there other things I can do? Because I'll probably be essentially be better. Whereas if your client comes to you and is educated at the same time, you tell them exactly why you're doing a certain thing, then they're much more likely to stick to it. And if they can adhere, as we know from the muscle key, um, so yeah, I think that education part and the fact that 3DMJ and yourself, Andrea, have always kind of not necessarily marketed yourself via content, but you do give out so much free content that people can get a great grounding so that you haven't had to sell your services so much. You've not had, like, it's not selling, it's just selling your, like, your knowledge, which isn't, so if someone comes to you, they're not coming to you and you don't have to sell yourself to them, come to you because they want you, which is really important because then they trust what you're giving them. Right, absolutely. And you guys are doing a great job of that too. So yeah, I think um, people who are like, I want to coach, but I want to put myself out there in market. It's like, it's not just about um, you wanting to be famous or anything like that. It's about making you a better coach. Um, and yeah, trust is important. And if I don't, if I haven't proven to the marketplace that I'm someone trustworthy, then I have to do that extra work while I'm coaching someone week after week to be like, trust me, bro, for real, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's like way easier to just have a body of work that shows it. Yeah. So do you, as kind of, we go on to the art of coaching, which yeah. is kind of where we've got to because we've talked about, yes, there's great scientific methods, but we have those principles individualized on a person-to-person -person basis, which is kind of the art of coaching uh, because you understand one another. Obviously, we have flexible dieting, and I know 3DMJ has some great different kind of strategies, their, their flexible dieting approach, and people who differ between that, because I know I've got a lot of my clients track a lot of the year, and I don't even know if necessarily I should encourage them not to, because a lot of the time they almost seem more stressed to come off doing that approach, and then other people are like, I would just want to go into it to eating like, as soon as I finish the show. Do you have like to battle with that a little bit? I think if I was to try to make a global statement on it, I would I would battle with it. Uh, but because by the time they're done competing, I kind of know this is a very detail-oriented, structured human. It eats the same thing every day, does exactly what the uh, the paper says because this and that. Then if they want to continue tracking or they it, it doesn't, I don't need to encourage it because I think that they live that life anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, some people it stresses them out more in each direction. Um, I also know when someone's been like dying to just relax and then it's like, okay, bro, do your thing, you know? But it's, um, yeah, as a global statement, I don't want to say one's better than the other. I think it's just personality um, and timing, like you couldn't have told me year and a half ago, um, and, unless there's like a vacation or whatever, like I really like tracking 99.9% .9 of the time. I don't have to. Um, it doesn't stress me out while I'm on vacation if I didn't track, but day to day, I just kind of liked knowing where I'm at. Hmm. Um, and honestly, in the last, say, two, three months, I've probably tracked about half the time and that doesn't stress me out, but I couldn't have done that two years ago. 
I was just in a different place. And I don't feel like I'm any smarter necessarily. Well, hopefully I'm smarter. But as far as in that regard of knowing whether one is better or worse, I don't, I've never thought one was. I've just known what's better for me right now. And, um, you know, I think it's the same with a person. And they'll kind of do it on their own. Like once they're controlled, um, I don't necessarily encourage them not to because I've been in a place where people encourage me not to. And I'm like, I just kind of like it. And then I've also been, um, I've worked with athletes in the same way where it's like they're off season. You should be able to just kind of wing it with calorie ranges and they kind of can't really do it. But if you put them on macros, they're like, oh, this feels way better. Even then off season, I'm like, okay, whatever. So trial and error, personality, um, and then sometimes just time. But I don't think there's a right or wrong, now. Yeah, I think time's a big one. I've definitely had clients who probably work with like over a year long time to, I think it's almost trusting themselves to track, right. which is really strange. And that's mating meals out because I really want them to realize that at the end of the day, I mean, you can never be 100% accurate unless you eat kind of the exact same food or the mat food might not be 100% accurate. And that's where flexible dieting becomes not so flexible and people kind of get into a very restrictive approach with it. Great kind of way of showing that you don't need to and that it can. There are other ways of having structure in place that is like a flexible but the most amount of structure you need to be as flexible that suits your lifestyle. And uh, I am like you, Andrea, I very much like whole of the year, basically tracking to some extent, but mm -hmm. it'll kind of fluctuate. If I'm on holiday, I'll kind of guesstimate foods a lot more. I won't stress about being a bit over always. I know actually something I found really interesting about yourself, Andrea, is you said, I think it was when you eat out, or have like kind of less structure one day, you avoid the scale kind of for a couple of days or so afterwards. And that's actually something that I think is a really powerful approach. So with your athletes, do you get everything as fruit every day or not, not once a week? Or how do you approach the scale? Yeah, so that's so funny because I was just about to bring that up. When With the macros, I'm like, it's really up to you, this and that. With the scale, to be honest, um, I have encouraged some of my athletes post-season to weigh in less and less. And I don't necessarily, um, and again, this isn't for everyone all the time, but if they are a very, um, a personality like mine, I think it's done wonders for me. If they're very, what kind of makes someone a good bodybuilder throughout prep, when it's like, okay, we need to calm our shit down a little bit. Um, with them, I say somewhere between two to five days a week, once we've kind of our weights leveled out, we're recovered. I say sometimes, eight, maybe two days a week, maybe five days a week, I only want you to weigh in on your quote unquote perfect days. And by perfect, for I'll take me for example. I don't weigh in every day, but I do weigh in when I've eaten dinner by about 8 p.m., which is normal for me. Um, I know I didn't eat anything crazy the day before. It was pretty standard meals for myself. Um, I got for me, at least nine hours of sleep. Like I don't, I, I use a lot of sleep right now. Like I need a lot of sleep now, but I, I stayed in bed till probably 10 a.m. Then I can weigh in when all these boxes are checked, right? And so for me, that doesn't mean I have to hit my macros, but it means I had to not eat like an asshole yesterday mm -hmm. and get enough sleep and mm -hmm. eat it at a certain time. So like now I know the weigh-ins that I do have are 
pretty much, you know, give or take maybe half a pound within a right, a, a pretty good range of being worthy enough data to actually contribute. Yeah. Um, like last night, yesterday was my birthday. So last night I had a margarita, ate a bunch of trash and stayed up really late. Um, so I'm not going to win today. And I didn't. <laughs> so it's one, it's, it's bad data. And two, it's like psychologically, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter anyways. But more importantly, for those people who are anal like me, it's like, that's just bad data. So don't do it. And we're in it, we're not in season, so you don't have to eat at this time by this much and all that stuff. Um, so that's how I've been dealing it is, you know, instead of saying this many days per week, being like, as long as it's a couple and only on the, the quote unquote good ones, like good data days. And so that's actually been working out pretty well for me and my athletes so far. And I've only tried it like this year. But that's a good when I say education as well, that's, that's, as I'm learning, I get to try new things with them. So. Yeah. I think, I think that's an awesome idea. Actually, it's, it's, it, it was one of the, I heard it just recently on a podcast that you were on actually. Um, mm. And it's something that I must admit, not clients, but even myself, if I, if it's the weekend and I've had a slightly more relaxed evening with my wife, we've been out, um, had a dinner and a few drinks. Um, I know that if I look at the scales in the morning, and this is this is like me, like a coach, with all the information that I've got, um, it would still freak me out a little bit to see that increase, especially if I was dieting or, and then even in a in a gaining phase for some people, if they see too big a jump on the scales over the weekend, they might want to hop back into a diet and kind of bugger up the rest of the plan so it's definitely something that i would be utilizing myself and most definitely with with clients as well um i think it's a i think it's a really good idea oh thanks dude yeah and and again it's not like nothing to do with like educate it's just it had how it worked with my feels and it was a good way for me to detach from the scale yeah and that's actually the fun part of coaching is like oh shit this worked for me who else could it work for and it's it's been good so far so um because not only is that bad data, like you said, it gives you bad feels. And it's like, even though you know scientifically, oh, this is because that margarita, it's like, I don't need to see that. You know, like, it's whatever. It'll go away in a couple of days, and then we'll weigh in. So it's, um, yeah, it's been useful. Cool. I'm glad you like it. Nice one. Yeah, definitely. And actually, it's something I've been using with a few of my clients since hearing as well, because it, it does make really good sense. So I think that's something useful for anyone listening and take that away because that's that's actually gold for you um, i think it's really 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 effective um so next question in terms of those weekly updates mm -hmm. i guess we kind of covered it a bit earlier in that when you have clients who kind of are really not great at opening up about things you have that skype with them to get them to open up do you have any specific like go-to questions that you kind of have in the your back pocket to get them to open um not necessarily what i found and this isn't like a coaching thing this is just a, a people thing what i found to be quite useful is treating them like they're not my clients but they're just my homies you know so literally spending on purpose the first five to ten minutes just be like hey how's life how are things going how's work how are the kids how are they because usually people love talking about that and that is a huge icebreaker and just 
straight up human comfortability. Mm -hmm. And it's a good segue, I guess, from then, like, okay, if I, how's life? Da, 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 da. Cool. Is, is prep really affecting life right now? Tell me how much. Like, that's just, that right first 10 minutes. It's like from then on, it's, it's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. um, usually, if someone's been talking for five, 10 minutes about stuff they love, then they're, it's not like they're going to be like, oh, yeah, so and so to this, and my kids and my husband, how's prep affecting it? Oh, I'm good. And then they will like shut off. Usually, it just it keeps going. So, I don't, that's just how I deal with people, though. Um, as far as killer questions, it would be just standard coaching questions from then on. Um, in, in relation to what I think I'm seeing, you know, like if they're a complete, um, like if, they have, if they're the short check in person, but they're also a complete robot that does exactly what I ask and is killing it and is progressing, I just maybe need another extra five, 10 minutes to just know for myself, okay, they really are doing all right. That's cool. Now, if they're a complete, short check in person, but they're also not progressing. Um, they're reporting low energy. They're reporting off weigh-ins. They're reporting, um, you know, macros that aren't in the ranges I'd like, blah, blah, blah. Then it's like different conversations and that might take a lot longer of digging in relation to the issues that we're having. But the first, the, the beginning of it, if they're just someone that's kind of introverted, I just try to get them comfortable. Most people, that takes five to ten minutes um, if they're hard to kind of break the ice with. But beyond that, then it is just kind of a feedback loop of, like, if there were problems, I'm going to dig a lot longer than if it was just, oh, shit, you really are okay. Because that happens sometimes. I'm One athlete in particular in my brain right now that 30, no, maybe 30 seconds to two-minute check-ins week after week. And when I do talk to her, I finally, it takes her a while to get in talking past her family and stuff. And then... How's she feeling? I'm great. I love it. We're doing good. I'm, okay, cool. <laughs> and that's all I needed, you know. Um, but then it's it, it might be just dependent on what the the issue is. If it's an adherence issue, um, if it's someone who's like, I swear I'm adhering, but the scale's not moving. Then it's like, okay, let me see your my fitness pal. Let's go over this together, kind of thing. Because they might be eating something or calculating something wrong, or um, so then it kind of gets individual. But that's that's it. First is like forgetting sometimes that you are a numbers-based coach and understanding that to get what you want from people, not just as a coach, but like in life, you kind of need to care a little. It's a lot easier. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that because I think sometimes I think back to when I'm in offices, I was thinking back to my boss who wasn't my friend and my girlfriend who is a manager and she manages people. She's like, I, I can't be their friends because I'm also their boss and like they won't respect me and things like that. Whereas I guess as a, we almost can be their friend, um, but we need to always have that. Do you always find that you need to have that slight bit of kind of authority over them? Is there like a fine line between being their friend? Like you have to get on their ass sometimes. Um, Personally, I don't feel that way because I'm working with adults. Now, when I was coaching gymnastics, and those are kids from like 10 to 18, that was a different story. Because I'm coaching adults, I really feel like I can genuinely be their friend. And if we have adherence issues because they're adults, I can say like, look, this is my plan for you. It's not working because, um, unfortunately, you're not hitting these numbers. Um, it is my job to kind of ask you and find out why that is. Of course, I want to help you. But at the end of the day, if you can't help me in return, this isn't going to work. So how can we fix this? Like it's, 
Um, I don't ever feel myself above them. I just make them part of this team. And if they're not pulling their weight, then we can't do it together. Yeah. So perfect. Yeah, that advances my next question. Yeah, it's oh, just going okay. on. Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask. Um, with all that, how do you, if you've got a client who's or athletes that are that are not kind of pulling their weight as, as much as you'd like, how do you, what do you do to, to make them like more responsible for their own actions? Um, yeah. Like, well. Yeah, in, in alignment with what I was talking about, I guess, too, is, okay, you're, we have to do this together. You're on my team, blah, blah, blah. And then if I'm all out, I'm just like, what do you think we could do? Like, again, because they're adults, I'm like, how, I don't know. I can. I literally told people on my current roster, I'm like, I don't know how to further help you. Here are the things that we've done. I had a, These are the tactics in this order of what I thought would work to what isn't. You know, like, we could eat more, we could eat less. Like, we've done both of those. Um is this just not a good time? Do we need to wait till next year? Or is this maybe not something that we thought we wanted as bad as we do, which is fine. Um, but how do I help you? Because I personally don't know what else to do. Or these are the options that I know of. If none of those sound good to you, then I'm not sure we can do it this year. Like, what do you think? I just completely leave it up to them. Yeah. Because that literally has happened um, where I'm like, look, we've done all the on paper things that would work. We've done the mind ninja tricks I know that could work. And now it's just a reality of like, it's too late. Mm. Not too late, but we've, we've had that talk of like, we've only lost so much. The projected date you wanted to compete was in 10 weeks. Now we have 20 pounds to lose. Mathematically, this is still possible, but not in a manner that I'm comfortable with. So we collectively are either going to decide next season a different show, or I'm not comfortable working with you for this season. You might have to find someone else. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah. I, I think that's really good that you actually, I've not thought of actually just saying to them, so what do you think we should do? <laughs> I've been in those sort of situations where I'm just like, bang, I feel like maybe I'm banging my head against a brick wall a little bit in that kind of, they haven't been able to stick to the calorie deficit. So then we have a diet break and then kind of the diet break doesn't set them up well enough to then lose when it's Thing that you can like you said all your ninja tricks and they just don't seem to be sticking mm -hmm. and I guess yeah the, it, at the end of the day if they have nothing in response to what do you think might work it's <clears throat> maybe and I think I've, I, I've had it where clients aren't I guess it, it feels like a cop-out but sometimes people aren't to go through things and they have to get into a stable position within their own lives and I always like to think you can coach them through those sort of situations but I don't know if the, there are times where people just don't I don't know they're attaching emotion to what they're trying to do but there's they just don't it, it sounds I, I really don't want to say it but they almost don't want it enough it just seems like a cop-out answer but there does sometimes feel like that can happen especially if you tried a lot of different approaches right and something that Eric told me because I had this talk with an athlete a couple months ago maybe um, I had in mind you side note this is when it does get to that point that's probably a Skype call not a weekly check-in um, that is an in-person like what do you think not like I'll hear from you in a week with what you thought like in real time what are what is going on you know yeah. um, but something I learned from Eric too was like what a big um, I guess strategy it can be to open it up that it's okay to not do the season so like 
instead of being like, look, we can't do it. What do you think about that? Tell me. It's like, hey, this is the situation we have. I'm not comfortable doing this, blah, blah, blah. Um, I want you to know that it appears to me this isn't a priority in your life. And not that it's not important to you, but it's really obvious that all these other things, um, you have all these other responsibilities that are really asking a lot of you and nothing's wrong with putting it off. Um, it would be actually pretty courageous of you to say, you know what, this is an intelligent decision I'm deciding to make, blah, blah. Making it seem like, because um, a lot of times they just don't want to let you down or they, they've told their friends and family they were doing it and they don't want to go back on that. But if you open up the door saying like, it would be a good thing if we didn't go with this, then they don't feel so shitty being like, okay, you're right. You know, and granted that doesn't play out exactly that way all the time, but um, making it seem like it's a strategic decision, just like anything else you've done, as opposed to like, all right, ready to quit. Like, now it's like, okay, because of the situation, our mm -hmm. options are a little bit more limited. Here they are, and they're all pretty good options. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's good that you have a joint decision there because I've had it in the past be competing and they've had other commitments like they're a personal trainer, they've recently moved jobs or got a new job. So either I had one person who didn't go to finals because they decided that their job was important and they just needed to feel better again before going into that, which is fine. And then someone else, it was kind of a mutual decision between us that, okay, we could push harder to get a bit leaner and more conditioned. You look like if we push harder, it might impact life a bit more. If we pull back a little bit, just kind of steady it off, then go into it. I've not had anyone not do the show, but that I can definitely take that decision. I think having someone like 3DMJ, a good coach who is they respect you and respect your decision, that, and you're putting on the table that maybe now isn't the best time, and you explain it, and I know you guys definitely would, what, a year, they could do it the next year. Um, it's not like the stage isn't going to be there. So I think that's really important for people to always keep that perspective. Yeah, for sure. Um, and what's, uh, what's great about our sport, right, is that any time that you're in a further surplus, like you're, you're actually progressing, right? Like contest prep is a um, hindrance in your career, if you really think about it, right? If my goal is to get as big and jacked as possible every time I prep, I'm actually taking a minor setback on purpose to go forward. So it's like, that's another good strategy I've used in like the way I say it is like, if you don't prep now, that's okay. Cause you're still making an investment for later. Yeah. It's not the opposite. Like, it's not like this is making you a worse bodybuilder. It's making you a better one to spend more time eating. So, and that also kind of helps ease the blow of like, all right, maybe this isn't the show for me. Cool. Uh, so if we go into the like last topic, the cutter and dogmatic approaches, which I think we've kind of beat that almost to death with <laughs> the amount of information that we've talked about, how the client and coach relationship is so important and education behind it and having mutual decisions, having regular feedback with another client. You touched on it a little bit. How do you stay current and educated apart from obviously you're working with your client, so you're getting experience all the time. I'm guessing you have team, you have Eric. I think I heard on the podcast that he might give you like reading now and then, which may have like someone coming and give you a uh, kind of homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So personally, um, because 
And this is something that we've also said many, many times is like, if you are very well versed in the basics of the science, um, relatively, right? Because there's not going to be any major shifts within like one to two years of, of anything, right? So as long as you're familiar with the basics of your era, in which for us, not to toot our horns or to make a sales thing, but I'm obviously pretty familiar with the muscle and strength pyramid, which is a pretty overall broad approach, right? <laughs> so because I, I, I get that, um, I actually don't spend any like free time researching personally. Now, the way that I personally do, um, I guess, keep current or keep my, I do follow a lot of my friends in the industry and I follow like on social media and the interwebs or whatever. And because of that, I think it's pretty easy when it's, it's not very often that I'll like scroll through my feed and see something interesting to me. But if I do, I kind of dive into it. Like, like I was just referring to that article that you did. I'm glad you emailed me about it because it was really useful. Um, but it, I'd say once a month, there's something like that. I add a new article to my brain, but just because it's like said in a great way or presented really well, things like that. Um, but most of my ongoing education is in real time with my athletes and which I love the weekly check-ins because I do have that period of time where like I've absorbed their report and before I craft mine, sometimes there are things that I need to brush up on or maybe I know my canned answer, but this person is kind of, because I know they like the science and the data, I'll go look for some more for them, mm. um, stuff like that. So it's like my own education as far as um, tailored to that person, but it's making me better. And then, like you had mentioned, the third, I guess, tier to that would be um, the other coaches that I work with. So we do talk as a team once a week. Um, usually, that's pretty much just about business um, and personal stuff, but if I ever have a question or something's bothering me, that's the time I bring it up so we can all collectively kind of get a good base on like how do the five of us feel about it? What have you worked? What are other strategies, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then like you'd mentioned, Eric is considered our R&D person, our research and development, right? Because he is not just a coach, not that we're all just coaches, but he also is pursuing a PhD in all this stuff and he has multiple degrees in it. And he is still, um, continuing to publish scientific articles. And so because this is very important for him to stay relevant on, when he finds something that is applicable to the team, or hey guys, this is something we should actually probably pay attention to, it's, it's up and coming, blah, blah, blah. Or hey, everyone's making a big fuss about this shit, here's an article, and a few of them just to prove like it doesn't really matter, we don't need to worry about it right now. But so that is his job to do that um, for us. And so that, we probably talk about every couple weeks, something that he's finding or he'll send us an article, like I said, something like that. But for the most part, mine's pretty organic unless I get an Eric assignment. What a mind to have on the team. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just going to say that's actually quite refreshing to hear because for myself personally, I know Mark struggles with this as well to set aside to do further like properties takes a lot of time and often it's not to any benefit necessarily you said a lot of things are confirming the things that we already know to be true or it's like something eric's pointing out to you that isn't all that it, it's not the big next thing like I don't know, coconut oil or something like that <laughs> um i think a lot like for a while and you stay up with the really 
who know their stuff and have published a lot and you've read those, then you get a feel for what is and what isn't necessarily up and coming. And for myself, yeah, I'm like you, I have my weekly updates. Sometimes my clients challenge me with questions. If I don't know the answer fully enough at that time, I delve into it again. And that kind of is that continual education, obviously going to your seminar, other seminars, those are really, really helpful for networking and also just keeping current. Mm -hmm. Interested to hear, has Eric sent you anything recently that is kind of new that you should pay attention to? Actually, what's been going on the last 10 weeks? No, more than that. The last few weeks, um, I don't, well, you know this because you're an SBS guy. Um, Eric and Mike did those, did the big old like 10 part, however many hours of lecture. Um, because he knew that he was going to be um, doing a lot of data collection for his PhD, our assignment was like, here's the login and password. Go watch these videos for like 10 or 20 weeks, and we talk about them here and there as things come up or whatever, but that actually has been our assignment now. <laughs> I'm trying to even, I can't even, I think the last thing that he also sent us was, was it an HMB article? Uh... Now I can't remember, it was that long ago. Like we're, we just, when I eat, I watch him or Mike present on stuff that, again, we, we know the principles of, but it's such a good refresher. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what we've been, that was our big assignment <laughs> for a while. Yeah. I think it was HMB, the last article he sent us, but it was like mm -hmm. months ago. Yeah, I think that was a reach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I was wondering if it might have been rapid backloading or anything. <laughs> that might not even be recent, to be honest. I'm hearing more about no. it from Cliff. It's quite yeah. exciting stuff. You know, what's funny is after they did that podcast on with Jeff Nibbard, I'd say two, two or three weeks later, we decided to um, – we had like an hour-long discussion between the five of us on how we peak athletes and um, – using the back the rapid backloads a little bit more um jeff I mean, like we share spreadsheets with each other and like calculations or whatever yeah like we have little sessions like that not off maybe once a month or something usually like i said our check-ins are about like business and how life is and blah 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 because we're all you know there's five of us in five four different time zones um so but we did have that was probably the last really lengthy conversation and then um another one that we had a while back was i asked a few of the guys that, that could to stay late on our call because I wanted to talk more about powerlifting programming because I have one I me and Jeff of the five coaches only do physique athletes but I had one of my physique athletes that wanted to stay with me um but convert into powerlifting for a little bit and I wanted to kind of get the guys feeling that even though I've powerlifted before I haven't coached someone to the platform yet until this guy actually in December but so that was one of the things that we stay late to kind of mastermind about, I guess, and talk about. It's that that's what's really cool about being part of a team and having that relationship because and it's really cool that you guys do that because because you guys coach the way you coach and, and get the information out and Eric giving you all these homework, <laughs> it, it eventually filters down to likes of me and Steve who try and coach people. So we, we got all this information too. Um, and I know that is one thing that, that we like to do as well is just try and, um, you know, we have catch-ups where we bounce each, bounce ideas off each other. Um, and I think that's, it's super cool being part of that team network thing 
Um, sometimes just to have your buddy say like, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, or no, Mark, uh, no, I wouldn't do that. Or which is probably most of the, most of the time. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the times, and what's funny is I was just telling you all about how I had to have that big talk with one of my athletes when I was like, Hey, I don't think we're good. I don't think this is it. You know, this was a couple months ago, but I mean, it was like a Friday night. So it was Saturday for Eric. And I was like, I just like put in our, our Slack group. I was like, okay, I need to have this big talk with an athlete tonight. Who can get on a phone call with me to talk me through like the first time I might have to fire somebody kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so it was just like, and it was really just like, okay, yeah, that's the right thing. We, we got your back. Yeah, totally. You're in charge. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think one thing I haven't, I might've said this on one of our podcasts, but that's important is although I did gen pop coaching on my own, um, a, a lot of times, but I never wanted to do competitive bodybuilding coaching um, until I was on with 3D, even though I was probably like smart enough because I didn't have the bat, the confidence of the people of like the, the talks that I just told you I've had with them. Yeah. Like, um, because I do hold it very sacred in my heart and like, I know it's important and it can be really bad. And, um, so it took me getting on a team of people that I wholeheartedly trust to support me was the only way that I could dip into coaching. So I get that it's scary to coach like prep athletes. Mm-hmm. For sure, I, I super don't feel scared now, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't I wouldn't do it on my own, even though I was asked to a few times um, due to you know my YouTube channel and blog or whatever. Like I had a decent following, and I did have people ask me to prep them, and I never did until I was under the three D umbrella. Um, and so, and you guys have each other, so I think you know that's um, I commend people that are willing to do that on their own, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel that having only brought the last it's been now, but I, I, I forever have been craving someone to work with because I've always looked up to 3DMJ and I base all of our coaching practices, your kind of, to me, kind of top tier. That's to look up to who we want us to be, our 3DMJ and kind of the way you do this, just, it's fantastic. It, it, I wanted someone else on the team and I needed someone I could bounce ideas off, trust, and just sometimes there's just questions you want to pass by that you kind of feel a bit maybe they're stupid or you're not sure if you're understanding something correctly and you just need that person or that, that group of people who you can just say anything to and they're kind of like like three those guys like your brother you're just able to talk. Yeah, for sure. That's really nice. That Well, I again, until I was on 3D, they, I still think like, yeah, like they're my idols. So I think that's awesome. Uh, so thank you for that. But yeah, I think it's definitely really useful to find someone who's like-minded that you trust. Um, and to be honest, I don't. there was no one else I trusted. Um, not that I ever even tried, but it was just like, if I'm going to do this, oh, shoot, now I have their support. Okay, yeah, this is nothing. I can totally do this. It just like, gave me that boost. So yeah, for sure, I understand completely. Great. And on a related note, actually, um, kind of the last question before we close off. Okay. Do you trust in this industry that's so kind of a bit messy, so many people out there, and I assume it's now broadened past 3DMJ and those guys. There's kind of a few other people who you do keep an eye on, see if they release anything. 
honestly, oh, there's so few. Okay, so the, the guys I work with, um, Lyle, always, Lyle McDonald, always have since like way before I was nerding out. Um, back in the day, all of Lane's articles on bodybuilding.com that I keep up <laughs> with now. Um, our, Andy, our co-author, writes great stuff, especially for Gen Pop. And he does some things if you, like, I like hearing, um, learning about how yeah. he uses body me measurements and stuff as really good data for him and his oh, clients. Yeah. Um, so I don't think there's anyone in particular besides us that I, like, 100% am on board with everything they say, but there are definitely people who I look to for certain things, I guess, for very straightforward, um, little mm -hmm. bit of angry black and white stuff. Lyle's always just been like, so, so great to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, cause you know what I mean? Like I just need to hear it that way. Sometimes, um, there's never going to be any fluff to it. I just, more importantly, yeah. I don't check any really large multi-author blogs. I don't listen to any of that shit. Um, not that there's probably some great articles in there, but there's so much bad shit yeah. or biased shit or it doesn't apply to the specific mm -hmm. population. So there's not a whole lot of like straight bodybuilding content. Like Brad Schoenfeld obviously is great. Um, but more than anything, I unless Eric gives it to me, I really don't look for it. I don't know if that's a good answer or not, but I don't follow any one person like really wholeheartedly. There's a lot very lightly. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I'm actually glad you said that because I think it's hard when Sorry, Steve. Go on, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm glad in a way, like Steve said before, it's, it's refreshing because I, I, I think... I like to think I'm, I'm a little bit the same in terms of I don't really follow one person like to the letter, like everything that they say is kind of gold dust to me. It's like I've got a lot of people that I um, keep up, 3DMJ being the, being the exception, obviously. Um, but yeah, with that, I think, I think it could even be uh, quite a dangerous thing if you, if you are following someone like one individual for whatever reason like blindly whatever they say um so yeah i think but yeah that's that's kind of what i, I wanted to say about that yeah i think then you can mold your practices take the, the bits from me apply to your clients and your population and again we get back to don't have that dogmatic black and white approach because you'll read something Lyle might say and it might not apply perfectly to the person you're trying to help. You might read something from someone else and that does help. So you've got yeah. that small group of people that you do follow and trust because I think a lot of people can get, and I find myself even on social media, you see something come out and you're like, oh, I want to read about that. That kind of contradicts what I really, really know and have used and works frustrating and it's almost better not to know about it which might seem like ignorance is bliss but sometimes it just is maybe better if what you've been working has actually been working yeah so i want to make sure everyone uh... am i going go oh okay i was gonna say something else no um that i'm not uh completely 
patronizing people and I'm like, oh, I follow like a few people that I, I, and when I said like, they're my heroes, like the 3D guys, literally I try to, try to watch everything that my other four coaches do because even if there are these other smart people, a lot of them that are writing these articles actually aren't natural bodybuilding coaches. Um, so that's one thing. Um, another one I forgot to mention is Ian McCarthy's killing it lately. I like that kid. But um, that nobody, I feel like, because we are very principle-based, like ethic-based, um, global approach kind of, because of the way we coach, I feel like is different. It's very rare that an article wholeheartedly applies to the way we deal with athletes. It's very, or another person's video, or whatever. There might be in a 20 minute video, two or three key pieces. But when I watch my guys, I know that it very directly is going to help me. And honestly, I don't have time to research all day. So it's like, if my dude said it, I know it's good. I don't have to fact check it. I don't have to like work it in my brain. I'm like, that applies to me. Yeah. And um, one thing that I think I forgot to mention that's really, really fucking important is when I think about my education, our podcast is my biggest. That's what I spend the most time on now that I think about it. Learning is two hours every week or two with two of my freaking heroes. Um, and that's free content. And just like you, like this is, I'm sure the podcast um, and all the guests that you've had contributes to y'all's education. And so this is another thing with like new coaches that are like, I don't want to make content or be famous. It's like, but this is getting us to talk to each other, you yeah. know, and I learn by talking too. So like being on your show is really helping me right now to clarify my message. So thank you. Okay, I'm done. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> the podcasts are amazing and i'm i did when i started i didn't think of it as a tool turn but even me and mark just sit down and talk shop about a topic and like you do in 3dmj you pick apart things you maybe think about things that you haven't thought about for ages and you're like oh i do need to know that or i've spoke to discussed it in a different way so yeah the, the podcasts are really good and there's so many podcasts out there now which yeah just easy to listen to and yeah, you can pick and choose who you want to listen to as well. So I want to make sure before we close that people know how they can contact you. I know you've got your own website, you're on Facebook. I think Twitter is maybe Twitter and Instagram and you're all over the place. So I'll make sure all the links are below. But if people wanted to get in contact with you, where would be the best place, Andrea? Um, honestly, through like Instagram and Snapchat are my faves, just on a personal level. Um and for and I have like three Instagrams. So Snapchat's my favorite, AV underscore fit. Um, on Instagram, for me as an athlete, I've always had AV underscore fit, but just for bodybuilding specific things, because I felt like it needed its own little outlet, AV underscore 3DMJ. Um, and then on Twitter, I'm also AV underscore fit, but Team 3DMJ has their own Twitter as well. And yeah, 3dmusclejourney.com. My site's getting redone, so we'll talk about that later. But for now, um, those are the places, I guess. But yeah. Awesome. Brilliant. Mark, anything else you want to add? No, mate, I'm good. I just uh, like to thank Anja for coming on. It's been it's been great sitting down and chatting to, uh, to a 3DMJ coach. This is like 
freaking awesome for me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, me too. I still can't believe it half the time. Thank you so much for having me. This, this is great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Andrea. And to everyone, what, I recommend you check out their Andrea's podcast or the 3D Muscle Journey podcast. It's kind of quickly becoming my favorite podcast, especially natural bodybuilder or powerlifter. The information there is so applicable to you and you can use it and digest it. YouTube was fantastic. as well. There's so much free information and do buy the Muscle and Strength Pyramid books because they just give you a grounding in programming and nutrition and even the psychological aspect. They go into those well in the books and they're just a fantastic resource. You'll go back to them greatly. So definitely check those out. And all the links to everything we've talked about are going to be below if it's kind of listening and uh, talking to us and we'll catch you soon. So cheers guys, take care. Thanks, see ya. See ya.